0: Olaf, oh, what part of Russia are you from? Moscow.
1: He only speaks Russian?
0: Nah, he speaks some English, but he cannot speak it good like we do.
1: Is he staying here?
0: Nah, he's moving to the big city this week. He wants to be a metal singer. No way. I swear, Olaf, metal. That's his fucking metal face. Olaf, girl, nice. That's girl in the neck. That's fucked up, man.
1: What did he say?
0: I don't know, man, but this guy's a character.
1: He really wants to play metal?
0: Yeah, he's got his own band in Moscow. It's called Fuck Your Yankee Blue Jeans or something like that.
1: That doesn't sound metal.
0: You gotta hear him sing Olaf, Berserker. Come on, man, Berserker. Does
1: he sing in English or Russian?
0: In English. Come on, Berserker. Girls think sexy.
1: I'll watch. Wait, he's gonna sing and watch. It's too funny. My love for you is like a truck, bouncer. Would you like some making fuck Berserker? <laughs> That's fucking funny, man. Did he say making fuck? To peak show where fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to podcasting. I'm your host, Bree Rohde, and I'm kind of a big deal in the resistance. And who is with me today?
0: Uh, Eric Siska. I'm. Uh, I, I guess. I guess I'm not a big deal in the resistance. I'm, I'm on the enemy side.
1: Oh, that's astounding. I've never had anyone on the enemy side on this podcast before. Well, it's good.
0: We're gonna have an adversarial relationship on this show.
1: Oh no, I'm. I fold very easily. So this is gonna be <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Uh, So yes, we're welcoming Eric Siska of the We Hate Movies podcast to kick off our second ever Super Month, where we discuss a subject that is far too significant for just one episode. You guys voted. We're doing Star Wars and its seemingly never-ending extended universe. uh, Wow, it
0: it was voted on? Uh, Yeah, it was
1: between this, Star Trek, and the Beatles. So um, I am kind of glad that I didn't have to do Star Trek because I still... There are full-on series of Star Trek that I haven't seen. Yeah. Uh, So it's... um, Because they're a little harder to access in Canada uh, in terms of archives. Is that right? They're kind of spread out among the services. Like Crave has some and then Amazon has some. So it's... um, our streaming scene is less fragmented here weirdly because we don't have things like peacock or cbs all access but as such like a lot of things are in more than one place and it's really hard to get like a full library or something well
0: it's just interesting to hear the inner workings of a foreign land it sounds very exotic
1: (laughs) it's it's terrible um (laughs) you know but um I I know like everyone in the United States flipped out because um, oh they don't have the Office on Netflix anymore and I wish I cared about the Office because it's, uh, I I, don't. we don't have we don't have Peacock here so it's still on the Netflix um, okay so
0: so you guys did get the Office it's not like it was banned in Canada but it just didn't come to Netflix you're saying.
1: I would love to see like a Canadian kind of mockbuster version, like a localized version of the office. I think that would be fantastic. We They tried it with Quebecois Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, <laughs> I, if, I've said this to so many Americans, but I would highly recommend just Googling the promotional images for the Quebecois Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It looks like a weird kind of uncanny valley. Like everyone looks like oh, they have yeah. a... It looks like everyone with a melting face.
0: So is it like Montreal yeah. 99 then or?
1: Uh, it's called Esquad Esquadnifnif, which just means the 99th Squad. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So now we've had your pal Steve Sadak on here to talk and tell us all about We Hate Movies. But one thing we glossed over was all the awesome things that you guys do on Patreon, including some Star Wars themed content. So can you tell me about your guys' Patreon offerings and sideshows and such?
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, it's way too much. <laughs> um, so we, 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 you know, we have, we Ain't movies, the main feed where we do, you know, bad movies and things like that. Then we expanded to Patreon where we do the, we love movies thing, but specifically star Wars. We do a lot for some reason. Uh, there's the Gleep glossary, which is a, a show I host where I read to the fellas entries from the essential guide to characters. And we kind of riff on it and laugh about it a little bit. And also kind of a nostalgia trip for me. Um, we, we did the Mandalorian half hour. We recapped that whole show. We recapped the book of Boba Fett as the podcast of Boba Fett. And we just wrapped uh Obi Pod Kenobi, recapping <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. And we will not be recapping Andor and we need a break. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh I'm I hate to say it. I we'll dive into it. I'm not looking forward to Andor. Oh really? Much. What
0: is is there any
1: I, I feel like in a way I almost need a break and yeah. it's not um I I've liked the character study aspect of a lot of these of a lot of these series um but yeah I'm just kind of everything right now it's I'll get I'll get further into it but it's almost like not wish fulfillment but it's like this need to explore every backstory of how did this happen and how, and like yeah that's obviously Disney's MO right now right. and um I just I don't need any more of it uh, yeah yep.
0: i would I would love if they would just make a new show just completely devoid of any of this uh, baggage from the, you know, Star Wars saga. Just set it in star wars. and <laughs> and but, but, yeah, we might need a break in between these things. I wouldn't mind waiting another year to see Star Wars again,
1: yeah, i th- I think so. Um now, speaking of intense baggage, um we as just before we dive into your history of Star Wars, um we do have a peak show tradition in which we ask guest hosts to describe a moment that was kind of peak them. Um, I think Steve might be kind of our current champion because he said peak Steve was being like 12 and thinking he was really good at basketball um, because he had a very <laughs> tall two-on-two partner, but Eric, okay, I Okay, wanted- so this
0: is like an embarrassing, ba- or this is well, like a is- very you thing? E-
1: if yeah, and if if a very you thing is embarrassing, it might not be.
0: <laughs> no, no, it is. It is. Uh, All
1: right. Yeah, I'd love to know what peak so Eric is. I
0: guess to tie in with this, I mean, I, in in high school, I was so cool that I actually made my own like Boba Fett helmet and I oh, painted
1: that, it. That is extremely cool.
0: It trust me, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> and i uh, i i brought it with me to the uh first show the first sh- i didn't go to the first showing i went to like the a night showing um of attack of the clones and i brought the helmet with and i i had such a negative reaction to where they brought the Fed family <laughs> while watching it i just felt like the biggest fucking idiot in the world and i had to carry that thing home
1: um i did in high school hang out with um all the extremely cool people um and someone had um uh someone had a vader helmet that they would often wear in place of a skateboard helmet when skateboarding oh, nice. i didn't actually skateboard at the time i was just the loser who w- watched on the side and i remember thinking like this is an extremely cool thing to do and now i'm just kind of looking at it <laughs> uh, um so as with last year's Simpsons Super Month, um, we do this a little bit differently than a typical episode. We kind of gloss over the history of section uh, of Star Wars section because a, it is so fucking deep, but also everyone knows the history of Star Wars. O- open Wikipedia. I-, I don't know what more to <laughs> tell you, <laughs> but we do uh, dive very deep into our own history with Star Wars. So, Eric, can you can you take us through your journey with Star Wars? Kind of what introduced you to it? Other, I mean you're you're a white american male but uh, wow uh yeah.
0: shit uh yeah that's true um jeez and i think to make it even more american i believe the first time i saw uh star wars 77 on vhs um i was born in 83 so um i was born right before return of the jedi came out but i never saw them in the theater obviously i was my it was like in the lead up to the special editions there was so much renewed interest and Uh, Some kid uh, that my brother, my older brother knew had Star Wars on tape and then eventually my family would eventually get them as well and I'd wear them out. But uh, this was this was like the the OT before the special edition versions anyway. Uh, That kid was later, uh, I believe he disappeared. Like, we weren't allowed to hang out with him anymore because I think he shot a shotgun at like the road or something. And it was like a scan, this mini micro scandal or something. Uh, So I never saw that kid again. But uh, I do remember seeing uh, Star Wars uh, uh, with that fella. So. I don't know. It it just in as as a young kid in the early, you know, mid '90s, I guess, mid '90s. It was probably right before I became a firm Star Wars fan, like '97 ish. You know, special editions fully come out, and the the EU novels are kind of exploding again. And I picked up a copy of Tales of the Bounty Hunters. From like the local Walden books, or whatever it was, just I was judging it by the cover because it was mm-hmm. <laughs> it looked cool, so um and then I just started reading that uh uh stuff, and I always thought it was you know, I never thought one day I'd be uh hosting podcasts about Star Wars or talking to people about this experience, but I mean th- that was the that was the the first hooks in me, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. so you would have been you know a teenager when the prequels came out i am very curious to know like what your mindset was sitting in that theater when i said what is it i'd say about 15, 10 to 15 minutes in when i was rewatching it you know kind of this isn't going in a direction i like <laughs> so what what was your reaction kind of to the prequels well,
0: i think the well i think i was 16 or, or about to turn it or something at the time and uh it was it was like a big event, and I feel like we all had blinders on for the first screening or two, where you thought it was still good because it's Star Wars and we want a new Star Wars, and there's new Star Wars, how amazing! But then you know it starts to chip away at you, and uh, even going to Attack of the Clones in two thousand two, um, I was like, well, maybe, maybe, and I <laughs> I got I got so so firmly disappointed in that movie that I outright hated Revenge of the Sith when it came out because I was totally over these movies. <laughs> uh
1: I mean so for me I I have this weird thing like I have a my parents have a lot of pop culture blinders um and I do find it's always parents who have pop culture blind spots who end up turning out kids who are weirdly obsessed with pop culture. <laughs> yeah. Um I I don't even recall if we had all 3 Star Wars on VHS. Um I was born in 89, and so, like, by this is almost embarrassing to say, but I think I became more aware of Star Wars through merchandising than anything. Um, that you makes know, my, sense. Yeah, my brother's your age, so, like, he had all the toys and stuff. And um, I think by the time I was, like, seven or eight, and that was when... Um, Uh, when the new editions came out that was when I remember getting that three pack of VHS's with Vader's head on the cover and that was when my brother and I did a proper sit down and watch through and I think it was like you know my brother and I weren't that tight growing up um, just given our age difference and stuff but that was like a really fun thing that we shared together and you know that's when he tells me oh you know there's a new one coming out soon and I'll, I'll fully cop to being this person i knew that being a cool girl meant being a girl who was into star wars and so like and for a long time even like even when the prequels came out it's like i needed to be the girl who could properly chirp the prequels and like um weirdly, really, i actually was i mean i hated the prequels instantly however i I think, I don't know, maybe I was just worn down or maybe I was just the right age. I rather liked Revenge of the Sith.
0: A lot of people do. I, and I I, I'm, I kind of understand it. Um, but I just think just Attack of the Clones just destroyed it for me. And I just, it was, it was hard for me to even care about anything happening in that movie. That all said, like, I've gone back and rewatched them all a bunch of times. And now, oddly enough, I think my, because uh, I, when i first saw phantom menace i was like oh it was pretty good and then i realized it wasn't so wasn't so hot then i hated attack of the clones so i did still come out having the opinion that revenge of the sith, sith was the best one after i saw it but going back and rewatching them all i think my favorite now is oddly the phantom menace i think it is the most uh coherent and not Yes, coherent, I guess, even though it's not coherent with the Trade Federation stuff, but it's really bogged down the further you get into those movies. Mm. But you have the basically the beats of a movie there. Like, you know, the, the kid ends up saving the day, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, CGI characters are, are awful, and it's there's a lot of problems with that movie, but I find it more beautiful than the other ones, kind of, and some of the palace uh, sets and, and and the lightsaber duels, I feel like, are stronger. I. I don't know. Maybe that's just John Williams score uh talking through me there.
1: I mean, I I had I I did a very sporadic rewatch of a lot of the material and I still found the Phantom Menace. I mean, like I can't remember why I didn't like it as a kid because there's a lot of it that does appeal to kids, but if anything I found I do remember kind of being not necessarily confused about it because it's a very simplistic plot, but it's that like it does kind of feel like it Tonally, really all over the place to me, mm. um and I think like I was, I was just about to turn ten when that movie came out. You don't know what a bad actor is at ten. <laughs> oh, yeah. that that poor jingle all the way kid. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's doing
0: I, lines like "Did it hurt when you fell from heaven?" and oh. all that.
1: And and I mean, I I looked up like whatever happened to that actor because I know he had a bit of a rough go with with Child Star. I mean. Child child stardom is an unnatural abomination yeah. in the eyes it, of God. Like it's, um, it's abuse.
0: I think we should get just Martin Short to play all children.
1: I think all children should be played by short adults. Yeah, it would. Yeah, be great. no,
0: Martin Short specifically,
1: <laughs> beloved Canadian. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. Uh um, yeah, like, and uh, know, like, he's had a really rough go. I don't want to go after him too much, but like, I, I just. It's one of his first lines with Natalie, who I think Natalie Portman, although she gets better, is equally garbage in that movie. I think like oh. no
0: no one is good in the prequels because I don't think George really directs actors well. And, yeah. and you know, I just feel like you're acting against tennis balls in some scenes. Mm-hmm. Almost entirety of that trilogy is like CG. Like... I saw this thing about like Tamara Morrison was saying with Obi-Wan Kenobi where he had the cameo as the prequels uh trooper beggar. He said it was the first even though he played every single one of those guys in the prequels, it was the first time he ever wore the armor because it was entire every single one of those guys was computer generated in those movies. And that's just too
1: far. I also just think like PR is such an important part of making movies now because everything you say is super immortalized. And you know how insane these fans are. Why would you ever admit that? Like under torture, <laughs> I would not admit that because you know people are going to tear that the fuck up. Um, now there's this one line reading that Jake Lloyd has though, it's in one of his first scenes. It was like, I'm a person and my name is Anakin. And I just like, I felt my <laughs> soul kind of drain out. Um, but yeah, like it, I, if anything, the one actor and he's, I mean, more limited, but that I think really has like that star quality feeling in the first is Liam Neeson. Um, Yeah, I think yeah. Even Ewan McGregor, who I thought was quite good in um, in Obi Wan, um, it it takes him a while. Like he doesn't kind of come into his own until the second or third movie. I don't find him when you when you compare him to you know the the great Alec Guinness. it's he's kind of I don't want to say something as mean as cardboard but it's I I don't I don't feel very compelled by him in those in those prequels um nor do I feel particularly compelled by Hayden Christensen, but who the fuck does? Um.
0: Right. I mean, he's, he he got a lot of shit too, like not just Jake Lloyd. And it's it's unfortunate because like in Shattered Glass, he's good. I think in Obi-Wan, even though he's got very, very few scenes in those brief moments, I think he's pretty good. I feel like he also got a little bit of a raw deal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like you said, I don't think Lucas is an actor's director. Like when we did our David Fincher episode, we were talking about like, this guy is incredibly capable of getting everything out of an actor, and like that to me is what a what a director should be. Some directors are more like on the visionary side of things, um, and they have different priorities and whatever. But like it, it's when I start hearing about like oh George Lucas wanted to create the movies you know for his for for kids again, and I'm like I don't know. Like looking back at at especially. Um, uh, especially episode one, I don't see what is childlike and appealing to that. Even like the scene where they're first diving underwater and and following fucking Jar Jar. Um,
0: <laughs> well, that I think that is like, oh, kids will love Jar Jar, of <laughs> oh, course. And then also kids will see themselves in Jake Lloyd and be like, hey, I'm in the movie.
1: Yeah, it just, it lacks, it, there's a real uh, aesthetic flatness to it and it lacks like a sense of bewilderment to me. Um, and I, I say this as someone who's very easily placated. I am not a very smart person. Um, but
0: <laughs> Me neither.
1: <laughs> All right, this is great. Um, this is, I mean, Peak Show is the stupid person smart podcast. So.
0: Yeah, the Dim um. Show today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear. Um. So, with um, when I was in university, I was a cultural studies major, and my fourth year seminar was on. Um, remix culture, which is literally what it sounds like. It was about the cultural studies of remix. And we talk a lot about the concept of authorship and ownership and who really owns a piece of art and um, kind of the author versus the audience. And we used um, George Lucas and Star Wars as an example of, of that, how both extremes get tested. Um, you know, I kind of tend to believe culturally art feels like it belongs to the people because the way you experience art, the context of what is art, etc., art is culture or culture is art plus context um, yeah but ultimately art is also IP and George Lucas <laughs> owns that IP and so like you the sad thing about Star Wars meaning so much of this is we kind of have to let George Lucas do what he wants, even if it's fucking stupid. And so when people go out and say things like, George Lucas raped my childhood, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you fucking yeah. baby. Like, like
0: uh, you know, that's the thing is like the visceral reactions like that. I guess I understand maybe for 14 years old, mm-hmm. which which I even wasn't at the time when he uh, did that to my child. No, no, no. My childhood. But no, no. I just feel like everyone needs to like cool their jets a bit. And I feel like after book of Boba Fett, which was basically every 20 years, they they roll out Boba Fett and ruin the character even further for me, but I'm not going to take it to extremes like that. Like just breathe and relax okay. and like, Hey man, maybe I'll like the next one. And that's kind of the approach I'm trying to take with star Wars and anything you're like an extreme fan of. I think it's smart to, just like you know you love it so much, so you gotta dial down yourself a little bit.
1: Yeah. And and I mean, hey, that's that's the whole point of Peak Show is that there are peaks and valleys of things, and that everyone, you know, has that kind of moment where they are so attached to it. And hopefully at a certain point you do let go of that attachment a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, like I I can't I've always really liked Star Wars. It's always brought me a lot of joy. I cannot bring myself to be a person who has strong emotions. <laughs> about that—that that lasts for more than say two hours, you know. Yeah, um, I think
0: that's a good metric. I think I have very strong emotions about it, but it—but but by an hour or two, I'll I'll mail it out.
1: Like you know, uh, talking—I think the most recent very strong reaction I have had was to the—I'll um, say absolutely ghoulish uh, Mark Hamill integration that started in Mando and then continued into Book of yeah. Boba Fett. Um, and as I mentioned on our South Park episode with Eric Peacock, um, my husband might be the most laid back Gen Xer in, in the universe because he was eight when he saw Empire in theaters. He grew up with Star Wars and he was like, no, I didn't care about that. I thought it was fine. And I'm like, there are people on Twitter who you think like someone just stabbed their dog. Like they (laughs) are really upset about this. I just, I found it didn't. I found it didn't look good, and yes, part of my reaction was also like, oh my God, to what end? Like, to to what end are we going to keep doing this? It's also, you know, at the topic of The Simpsons, it's made me think, like, I can just tell when Dan Castellaneta dies, Homer is going to be voiced by an AI, like, that's even... Oh my has-
0: God, yeah. I mean, it <laughs> we, it is really kind of scary, because, like, you got... Uh, you know, uh uh Peter Cushing as Tarkin being completely digitally created for Rogue One. Uh-huh. And it's it's just creepy to see ghosts walking around and it's unhuman and it doesn't look natural. It takes you out of these movies, and that goes the same with the the Mark Hamill uh AI bot that came down in, in Mando and it was also in Book of Boba Fett, and yeah, to, to what end? I don't know, because I, I guess because like we're going to just make sequels and prequels and remakes for all time. And eventually we'll just have the five actors we recycled yeah. or something.
1: Yeah. And to me, like it's for one thing, there are certain things that are impressive that I don't that aren't necessarily enjoyable. Like um, and I've I've even said this, like when I adjudicated dance competitions, it's like this is impressive, but it's not art. You know, you're just showing me a skill. I do think being able to, you know, literally bring the 25-year-old version of an actor back is a cool skill. Bravo technology. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean I enjoy it. And also just, frankly, it's, it's uncreative to me. It is like... I think casting is a really, really cool thing. Again, to bring it back to David Fincher, like I think he uh, he does incredibly well cast um, adaptations. And so it's like, show off some fucking casting talent. There are amazing casting agents in Hollywood. I'm sure we could find a really cool young Luke Skywalker. And the fact that instead of doing it, that like- I just like to imagine, you know, a bunch of, you know, suits sitting around a table, like everyone is going to like this (laughs) narrator voice. No one liked that. Well,
0: I mean, I'm sure some people on Reddit or wherever loved it, but that's the problem is like back in the day, I'm sure people had strong opinions, but the fact that the internet exists now and it's such a like what's trending or what's what is everyone demanding? I feel like. Disney and Star Wars have started to bow to that that type of shit, which they absolutely shouldn't. They should go on, keep going, doing what they're doing, you know, and recast, of course, recast. Yeah. And just ignore the people that bitch and moan about it.
1: I remember like I was I was in university that time when it was it at Coachella or one of the big music festivals where they basically brought a hologram of Biggie on stage. And that mm-hmm. was kind of the first major one. And I'm just like Oh, I hope this doesn't become a thing and now it's it's worse. But you're you're absolutely right that like a lot of entertainment is now getting dictated borderline algorithmically. Like oh, yeah. and you know, of all the TV episodes you've done and I've said like there was a time when um a TV show could fail a little bit in the first season and a network would still take a chance on it coming back and that's, you know, for all my gripes about it, that's how we got The Office for nine seasons because it sucked that first year or that's how Mm -hmm. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you know, became one of the longest running shows on TV. Um, Now, it's things can get canceled so quickly. And in the case of a lot of the streamers, you don't even know why they're canceled because you just have to believe them. Yeah, sure. This many people watched it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And with the streamers, sometimes it's like, I didn't even know that was a show and it's gone now. Like, I also feel like the advertising and pushing for these shows are are getting smaller and smaller.
1: Yeah. And Star Wars has the advantage of having that built-in audience. Yes, um, for sure. So when you combine the fact that it is essentially like an internet-powered thing in terms of its delivery, but it's also like, uh, you know, we live in a society. But like we live in a society where a lot of things are really, we're really allowing the internet to dictate how pop culture is developing. Um, Yes. And hey, like I, I, to be fair, a lot of pop culture maybe has been seen as alienating or not listening to regular people enough. But I think Star Wars is one of the franchises that has suffered most clearly from just being way too fan servicey, um, es- especially with the the newest trilogy. I'm I'm really glad that that's kind of far behind us because I do think right. overall the TV series are a step up from that. Um, so you mentioned Rogue One, though, and I wanted to bring it into Rogue One because um, I actually – and um, uh, in, in this house, we are a pro-Rogue One household. <laughs> um, I got to ask how you feel about Rogue One.
0: I, I am pro – but quickly on your point there that I feel like art shouldn't be a democracy. Like <laughs> – You know, like an artist or or visionary, whatever. So if someone's making something, they shouldn't have to listen to 12,000 guys in baseball hats and sunglasses telling them what they should do with it. But uh, Rogue One, yes. um, When I first saw it in the theater, I felt like it was a little disjointed or whatever. And then I went back and saw it again the next day. And I really liked it a lot more. And I like it to this day, actually.
1: I think Rogue One is kind of like both our comfort watch, myself and my husband. Um, I think of all the newer movies, like, it's a really like strong premise. Um, and and this is an example of, I think, like, effective fan service because, like, I don't know, my, my husband is my Gen X market research. And, um, like, he was like, for, you know, for people who are actually wondering, like, oh, how did they get those plans there? Like, that was, that was <laughs> a cool thing for him to see. It, you, it gives you more information on the Alliance itself. Um, and... Um, in terms, even though it's a modern Star Wars film, I thought that aesthetically it felt very connected to the originals. Um, my husband, he, uh, asked me to put this down as a note that it felt almost like a kind of good old World War II movie, like the Dirty Dozen. Right. Yeah, yeah,
0: totally. Like the men on a mission type of movie. Definitely. Um, I, I, yeah, I like it. I think it's also benefited by having great actors in it. You know, you have Mads Mickelson, Forrest Whitaker, you got, uh. Ben Mendelsohn is director yeah. Kranick, which I, which I, I love, I love his performance.
1: Yeah. So, um, it's, I think it's good. And I think if I'm correct, you said something about this on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that I made a note of saying Uh-oh. like, no, 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 I, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, every time I see a question about a movie, I'm just like, I can't wait for Eric to say it's a Pruder film. Um, <laughs> And no, that um, that you see there like not being as many standalone movies, but just like more and more of the series and stuff. And I think it's the smarter way to go. Like, I mean, I would have happily seen more of those standalone movies, obviously, with the pandemic and the diminishing returns of theater exhibition, um, more standalone or more of the TV limited series is the way to go. But yeah, like, right. do you, I don't know if you even first see. Have they said if there are going to be any more standalone movies?
0: Uh, I think they said they're working on stuff that uh, is like completely devoid from the su- Skywalker saga, which would be cool. Um, I, I feel like they did some big press rollout and they announced stuff, but I think some stuff has been since rescinded. So I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little disappointing that they've given up because I thought Solo was very underrated and thank you. I, a lot of people hate on it, and I don't really <laughs> entirely understand it. And I thought the I thought Alden Alden Enerreich. Did a good job. Uh, so, I, and that's an example of recasting that actually I thought worked. And I mean, mm-hmm. sure, the movie has some dumb moments, but every fucking Star Wars movie has dumb moments. It's a cornerstone oh, of the franchise.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, how many of us, I mean, I think the, the guy I dated in uni, his ringtone for a while was the power converters line. And I we going to the stage to pick up some power converters. Like, <laughs> wow. It's Yeah, I mean, that's...
0: (laughs) I feel like I get annoyed by that after a while.
1: Oh, absolutely. But I went to a very small school with a shallow dating pool. And if you weren't dating a business major, you were dating guys who had Star Wars, Luke Skywalker ringtones. Um, (laughs) 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 Um, And um, but yeah, like there's dorkish, there's dorky shit. In, in every Star Wars movie. Yeah. And like, you have to be able to make fun of it a little bit. Um, one element of recasting that I think did not work in Solo, and everyone was so excited for for this, but Donald Glover mm-hmm. as Lando. Like, I even when I saw that, I'm like, we know he can't act though, right? Like, you guys know that he is <laughs> not a good actor. Like, I, I love his old Derek comedy stuff. I think uh, Mystery Team is one of the most, like, underrated little movies that no one saw. Um, and he's fine in community, but he's not, like, an actor and I I'm, I think I can't think of a modern actor who can capture Billy D Williams, like really cool energy, but yeah. I, I just I don't mean, think it's Donald Glover.
0: I understand the idea in the casting. Um But yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I can't really do definitively say one way or another, <laughs> uh, bad or good on that. I, I probably should rewatch it now with the, with this on the mind. But there was also an announcement about him doing a Lando show and I'm like is that going to happen and if they do that are they going to bring Alden into that like
1: mm-hmm. I don't know. So that's that's kind of what I was getting at before when we were still in the intros like you know I like that Rogue One gives you more information about the alliance itself and now we've got all these um these series that in a lot of cases are supporting the mythology behind stuff it's like my question is how much of this information do we need? And like, I know um, I'm kind of a little neutral on it because in some cases, some people will look at the Star Wars Extended Universe or, you know, maybe they've read the novels like you and they'll think like, I want to learn more about this character. I want to learn more about this event. Um, I like the idea of some things still being a mystery or just like- I do too. (laughs) And it seems kind of pointless in arguing against it because I think- that's clearly the direction where Disney is going. Like, hey, you remember this thing? Like, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it gets
0: it it gets really annoying, and I feel like the live action TV shows that have uh, Dave Filoni involved is going to be that constantly. Um, uh, like Ahsoka Tano is coming up, and it's Grand Admiral Thrawn is probably going to be in it, which is a major character uh, for the old EU and it's just i'm i'm gritting my teeth seeing are they gonna stick the landing on this one or 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 not so um i i'm just i'm i'm rambling here now about grand animal <laughs> throne
1: it's all right uh in terms of the series though i mean my personal power ranking of the series is mando number one obi wan kind of second place and boba fett third how what's your kind of power ranking of those series Ooh, uh
0: i think i'm i'm thinking. I'm kind of with you there. I I think it's like Mando season one is number one, Obi-Wan number two, season two of Mando number three, and then uh, Cliff and then Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba friend or buddy Fett, I think we've also (laughs) called him on our show.
1: Yeah, and I... You're right that Mando season one is definitely so much more exciting than Mando season two. I think Mando season two takes a lot of time to warm up. Um, Yeah. And then it just
0: gets to uh, what you were saying. It was like, hey, that's Bo-Katana. Remember her from the cartoons?
1: (laughs) I I really like Rosaria Dawson. And so I I think she is a person who could carry a series. And that's like, again... I think you need a compelling star, and I think that's why Mando does work very well. I think Pedro Pascal, like, he has the makings of a star. He's handsome and a bit of a weirdo, which I really like. Um, And, you know, with with Obi-Wan, I think, like, McGregor has that gravitas by now as well. So, like, I... Yeah. um, I... (sighs) I wish that I liked the second season more. Like, uh, that last episode, I remember, like, um, when the Dark Troopers were finally deployed, thinking, like, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. Because that was the kind of thing, if I saw that when I was, like, eight years old, that would have scared the pants off me. But (laughs) I I don't know if it was just a little too CGI-y. Like, I, I try not, like... I am 33 years old. I am far too young to be all like, oh, things were better when there was more puppets and stuff. But it it really is true it that is true. you Yeah, like the the puppets fucking rock.
0: You know? Yeah, yeah. It's light hitting objects. It looks like it belongs in the scene. With with that whole with the battle. Battle droids. I guess that is a Star Wars term, but uh, the Dark Troopers, right? When they're attacking, uh, and you get Luke coming in just on security camera footage. And I was like, oh, they're going to keep it restrained? Is that what it's going to be? Because this is great. But then, no.
1: I also feel like Giancarlo Esposito is a great actor. He is a great bad guy. Something about, I don't know if he was just super underwritten or something, or they like, it just felt like Gus Fring in Star Wars. Is what right. it felt like, yeah.
0: you know? Uh, maybe a little, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like he's and he's playing a villain constantly. Like he's yeah. on The Boys as a villain, so
1: <laughs> I haven't seen The Boys, so I, oh, I don't yeah. have. It's pretty. Good. I don't have um, Amazon Video. Um, oh, yeah. I. We, that's we fine. I mean, hell, <laughs> I try
0: not to. I try not to support Amazon, but yeah, you know. You
1: it's, honestly there are a lot of. <laughs> There are a lot of parts of Canada where the only way people can get like affordable like diapers and shit is through Amazon. I don't right. It's for like using Amazon. L-
0: yeah, exactly. In the United States as well, Walmart, f- for instance. Uh, sometimes, f- entire community. That's their store. That's the one store in the entire region
1: uh yeah that's my town
0: <laughs> oh really so you got yeah. wow you guys get walmart up there
1: huh we have walmart but apparently walmart here is like a little less like i think someone said like oh yeah walmart in the u.s is like where real hillbilly shop or whatever i don't know i think hillbilly is <laughs> not a culturally sensitive term but um because yeah. we don't have target and so because i know oh, it's kind of like tar- yeah. um we had target for like two years that's it 2012 to 2014 what what the, and- what
0: happened in 2014 <laughs>
1: well it's more what happened in 2012 which was it like they didn't they went into all the old zeller's locations, so it wasn't good locations they didn't get any stock no one went and then it just immediately pulled out of canada Mm. so like when i was in ohio recently i was so excited because american target i get so excited i'm just like american target like just going insane i bought i think i'm wearing something from american target right now american
0: target wow An American target, you just saying that, it just brings to mind different (laughs) images in my mind.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Um, But yeah, so like Giancarlo Esposito, like, I mean, hell, it would be cool to see him play a good guy or whatever. But like, he is so good at that stoic, terrifying thing. But I don't know, maybe like... I would like to see him actually fucking give a monologue or something. Like he, you, the guy can do more than just stare coldly at the camera. Yeah.
0: You know, what? stare coldly. I got a story for you. I actually ran into him one time.
1: Oh really? I was at
0: a movie theater in uh, upstate New York near the Catskills. I, I, I was like, am I, am I being like a, or like a racist piece of shit? And then afterwards I Googled and I was like, oh shit, he does have a house up here. Um, I was seeing Jay Edgar in the theater, the <laughs> Clint Eastwood movie.
1: And wasn't that terrible?
0: Yeah, it wasn't that great, but okay. it but at the same time, you know, I for some I'm getting old enough now that like a crotchety Clint Eastwood movie I'm like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> but but he I I made eye contact with him like after the credits rolled and he gave me this look of like, "Don't don't even try it." You know, <laughs> don't like he knew that I recognized him and he had his kids there. Obviously, I didn't do any. I just left, but I was like, "Holy shit."
1: I would be terrified of a "don't even try it" look from Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, um, I used to be uh, a reporter on the entertainment industry, and um, believe it or not, uh, most of the like quote unquote famous people I've met are more like executives and shit. Which is, I mean, they're all <laughs> they're all horrible people. But um, the last celebrity encounter I had was with Brian Posehn. Which I was so excited for, and it was the worst interview of my life, and he hung up on me. <laughs> what? I, do, I, not. Well, to throw, you know what? I don't
0: want to be outdone by one of my fellow comedian brethren. Uh, I should probably hang up on you right now.
1: Oh Jesus Christ, no. Um, but no, like I think not to throw the publicist under the bus. I think the publicist maybe didn't prepare him well, and like all the questions, he's like, ah, uh, that's a weird question. I, I don't really know. I, oh I, I don't God. know. And then he just got uncomfortable and hung up. And I was just sitting at my desk, just like trying not to cry like I wanted to tell him how much I, I how much I loved Mission Hill like
0: oh, so but, well, now what was the question that broke his back
1: um it was about some like streaming show he was doing I think there was very briefly like a streaming service that was invested in by like UCB and a bunch of I think NBC Universal oh yes
0: my god what was it called oh, it's some not stupid ass name CISO
1: yes it was, it was before,
0: CISO. CISO was before now you see, CISO was before Quibi, and Quibi was before. Th- <laughs>
1: Do you remember Go 90? No. Like that was that was the era in which I was reporting on that industry. Uh, it was owned by Verizon, and it was just like the most so much money was going into this thing that no one used. Yeah, um, but I I asked Posehn like how he felt like streaming would like would change or enhance uh, the world of comedy, particularly alt comedy, and that's a really basic boilerplate question. And he was just like, ah. Uh, I don't know, that's a weird question to be asking me. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Well,
0: maybe you're just a bad day for that fella.
1: I'm sure it was. But yeah, that was, that was my last celebrity encounter. Now, I'm trying to think, because one of the... Uh, one of the questions I put on the lightning round is like funny little character actors or comedians you'd like to see pop up in Star Wars but like I'm thinking of who's like in, in the recent series like I've been excited by some of the people I've seen pop up like I actually was delighted to see Amy Sedaris in Mando and, oh yeah, and, yeah. No, that
0: was great sometimes I think they go too far with it because it's just like
1: oh yeah who eh, is
0: Kumail Nanjiani again in another movie <laughs> Pro- big property yeah <laughs> And I have nothing against the guy. I think he's great. I, uh, I, it was weird for me, too, because I, like, I, I saw him do stand-up in New York City before he moved to L.A. and became famous and stuff. So it's interesting.
1: Mm. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. Sometimes it does feel like these Disney properties and stuff are just kind of recycling through their same little portfolio of, like, this. And that's what happens when you have a lot of money and you can just throw it at this random celebrity. They will make the time yeah to, to play a part,
0: see this is the thing is we need new celebrities, new comedians to appear in Star Wars that hmm? mm. hmm?
1: perhaps casting the we hate movies folks as, this as is your quick I- gloss. what a great
0: idea It's your idea entirely, and I think it's a great
1: one it makes so much fucking money um <laughs> but um so. I don't know how this actually started, but I remember like having this discussion in high school, like English lit class, where, you know, the whole Star Wars isn't sci-fi; it's a western. And like, I I now think like especially when people still, if you're over like the age of twenty two, if you insist like Star Wars is a western, like mm-hmm. if you give that any oxygen, I got it's, it. Like.
0: It's not. It's not. Well, the thing is, people are always confused by this. It's fantasy. It is, it is. It's like a medieval fantasy type of thing. You got wizards, knights, and royalty, and mercenaries. It's a, I,
1: I, it's a political thriller in some cases. But oh like, yeah, I yeah. mean, it,
0: it definitely it, it it dabbles in genres, but you know, even fantasy does that. You got the courtroom politics of Game of Thrones and shit. I mean, I, I would put it in fantasy, but yes, it's got elements of sci-fi. It's got elements of of western as well, I guess. But um, I think it's very much fantasy. Yeah
1: think it's stretching it that much to call call it western it just feels like a discussion that matters only in film school um and um and it's not like you're right it has elements of sci-fi like i don't think it fits a lot of the common genre qualities of sci-fi because to me like i am a big sci-fi literature fan to me effective sci-fi is something that asks a question about you know the state of technology and, and or science um for me though like being an English and Cultural Studies major it's hard for me to look at Star Wars as anything other than um I feel like an ass every time I use this word but it's uh, a bildungsroman and a bild- bildungsroman Gesundheit. is <laughs> it's a it's a <laughs> Canadian word no it's um it's a term that basically means like the hero's journey in a coming of age story and right. I think for the most part most of Star Wars films follow the hero's journey or the anti-hero's journey and so like um i think of it a little more in terms of narrative genre than just style genre because those are mm-hmm. different things um and i think it's if anything one of the most fun parts of star wars is that you take this buildings from you take this hero's journey and you kind of put it in the setting of a, a bit of a western or a bit of a space opera or whatever you want to call it and that i think is where it's very fun uh yeah. looking at the way the style of star wars has evolved
0: and that's a, that's another example of how they could expand without just doing Skywalker crap all the time. It's like, yeah, all right, then go have that space western. I know you're you kind of dabbled in it a little bit with Mando or Fett or whatever, but you never really did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like do it.
1: Yeah. I think I think Mando is probably the most literal of the western interpretation and not just because of all the sand in it. Um, also <laughs> that that score the Mando score is so gorgeous. Yeah, um, it's like I think I'm I'm a sucker for like the classic John Williams stuff. Actually, my when I was like 11, my very first ballet recital was to a medley of the Star Wars <laughs> score.
0: That's amazing.
1: Oh, we had the Princess Leia wigs. It was oh, terrible. It was so bad. That's
0: incredible. Is there any footage of this still or
1: uh, on a VHS somewhere? Oh, wow,
0: um, look at I thought it would be lost to the sands of time. You should digitize that.
1: I, I really should. I don't know how to do that, but um neither do I. Yeah. i I
0: I film the TV with my iPhone.
1: You know, we were we were talking about Greek town in Toronto <laughs> off mic. Greek town has a weird concentration of like we digitize your old VHS businesses. Like there's mm. like five on pape. It's weird.
0: Wow, yeah. I remember I lived in Greek town, New York City, uh for nine years, Astoria Queens, um super Greek area. And they would just, in a similar fact, well, they would also have like these restricted soccer clubs, which were fronts for the mob or whatever. Which we love, we love oh, the we mob, had one or of pro those, mafia. Yeah. But they would also have sometimes like internet cafes still, and it was like, you know, this is like 2010, and it just felt like the tide was turning on that. But uh, they're they're still out there.
1: Um, there was a like old man kind of dinky bar cafe that during during the COVID lockdowns, because like. We had really strict lockdowns in Ontario, like, and we had, I think, longer and more frequent ones. Like, we had one as recently as January. Um, right. But there were certain places that were, like, by, by the end of it, they were trying to find, you know, loopholes and stuff to stay open. And there was one uh, old man bar on paper that just hung, like, a computer printed out, not even center tech sign that just said, Seniors Outreach Center. <laughs> <laughs> just, these old men smoke which you can't smoke in bars but i'm just like they are smoking in that bar good for these old greek men yeah you know you at know? that
0: point like if you've got you know if you look you like i've got maybe a year or two to live mm-hmm. why oh, fuck yeah. it dude right
1: uh, by the end of it i was because at first i was like how dare they and then i just like looking at them, like, god i wish that were me <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
1: uh, so like the new trilogy i I want to talk about the new trilogy because it's a, the weirdest thing where like we were, I felt like we were all really having fun with that new trilogy. And then yeah. the third one came and and just took a big dump over everything. But I also feel like all the baggage and discourse around it made it so unenjoyable. The way certain people reacted to the second one really yeah. took so much enjoyment out of it. Like
0: I think the, I think the last Jedi is great. I, I think I I want to be surprised by star Wars. I think this is also why you fall into those fan service loops of, Hey, remember this thing, this show's not going to show you this thing that you all, you liked that thing before. So you have to like this new thing. And, <laughs> but like the last Jedi was daring and bold in a way that the empire strikes back was. And the difference is, You know, not every single person could immediately hit a text or whatever, tweet or or do a post right after seeing it to complain about it. They actually got to ruminate with the film and they were also so detached from the world of creating entertainment that it didn't even seem possible. But what I'm trying to say is we need to break the spirit of these people to make it (laughs) seem like any type of suggestion they have is impossible and futile. And they should go back to tilling the fields.
1: You know, actually, did you know that a no-till solution is considered much better for the environment? Um, <laughs> oh
0: my in, lord! I, I don't ne- even know what till. I don't even know what that <laughs> means. I just pulled that out of nowhere. I try to sound folksy, but it's all fabricated.
1: Um. But so with the new trilogy, one of the things that I found really exciting, and why I loved uh, the Force Awakens, uh, um, even like why it kind of really woke me up. I'm back out my coma, like I'm excited about this is because yeah. of the casting of you know the unknown or lesser known actors in the core cast um like even like I know that Oscar Isaac was obviously not like an unknown, and nor was Adam driver, but they they didn't have like the superstar profile of someone like a Liam Neeson going into it, and right. so like um because that was such a special quality about the originals uh, that I think they kind of forgot about like even. Even Natalie Portman was already Natalie Portman by then. Like, yes, she was still young, but like everyone knew her from Leon and stuff. Like, I especially think John Boyega really captured like the Hamill quality of very like boyish charm. Yes. So that's I, like what I was all in.
0: I really wish they continued his character instead of ending it after <sighs> The Last Jedi. Like, you need you need to do something more with him. If man, I just felt like that last movie, it was long and it it didn't address like any of the those character beats that you kind of need to finish this off with. But I agree with you that like it was great casting unknowns. And if you want to recast Luke Skywalker or whoever, you could always go in unknown. And I know Alden Enterich was kind of like <laughs> that and no one liked it. So now it's like the industry's always like on pins and needles that like they won't make Seventy billion dollars every single fucking movie, and that's why art degrades, and that's why you can barely even call any of this art anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. I think, like, I also would say, like, J.J. Abrams did a fine job with with the first one, Um, but so I don't blame how bad the third one was entirely on him. I think, like you said, it's a lot of fanservicey shit, a lot of caving to a lot of caving to what the most toxic elements of the fan base wanted.
0: Right. Um,
1: It's hard with John Boyega, it is hard to see the way they just kind of left his character adrift as anything but kind of punishment for having the wrong views and as politically correct as they were, like, it really felt like, like punishing him and... I would say if, if that's not the case, they need to work a lot harder to prove that it wasn't. Um, Yeah.
0: You know what they could always do? It's like, there's, there's the tradition there of doing a special edition. You could add scenes, you could fuck with cuts or you could, I don't know. I know they, we wouldn't want to do it at this point because of how toxic the fan base is, but a John Boye uh, fucking TV show exploring that character and finishing it off in a proper way might be interesting.
1: He is such an interesting character with such an interesting backstory. That would be so much fun. And he's still he's still a young guy. I, yeah. I think it would be great. Um I really like Ryan Johnson as a director, and I remember being so surprised when they um when like I think like with Looper, like that was his kind of big action movie, but I'd never seen him do like big action, you know, to that degree. So yeah, I was like really Blockbuster. Yeah. yeah like I but this is how you know I dated film nerds because I first knew Ryan Johnson from Brick, which I th- like. I know is kind of a divisive movie. I, <laughs> no, think I
0: like it. I like it.
1: Okay, good. I I really like Brick, and I think like it was a cool turn he took in Looper. I still think the best thing he's ever did is that like second last or whatever episode of Breaking Bad. Um, oh, the- with
0: the fly thing on the.
1: No, well he did direct that one, but oh, he okay. directed the Ozymandias, Mandias, the one where they kill Hank. At the right, beginning. right, right, right. Sorry, spoiler alert for this ten-year-old episode. Um, yeah. yeah sorry everyone sorry Dean Norris <laughs> is dead um but whoa so,
0: uh, the actor
1: no <laughs> no um well, but,
0: the car- the ca- uh, what was it? Hank Sch- Schrader. Schrader. Schrader yeah there you
1: go I've been um bottling my own kombucha at home because I stopped drinking so kombucha is like my only vice and the bottles lately have started popping on their own and it is like that scene where the Schrader <laughs> brow goes insane Ah,
0: <laughs> Schrader brow Schrader brow yes um I love it.
1: But yeah, so like when I saw Ryan Johnson, like I was very all in on the Ryan Johnson train. Like when I was like, okay, the worst he's done is looper. And that is really not bad. So yeah. I was I was really excited. Um, I thought he had a great take on it. And you know, like you said, George Lucas is not a director who is much of an actor's director. I think Ryan Johnson is, and he really understands um how to how to um, formulate a narrative around a character and make us care about them. Yeah. Um, those prequels or those sequels can really feel overstuffed. Um, and I think he balanced everything really well. So I liked, I, I really liked, um, fuck, what was the second one? <laughs> Last <laughs> Jedi. Last Jedi, yeah, yeah. They, yeah honestly
0: i was like i was like okay i was like wait looper brothers bloom oh no you're talking about the star wars yeah yeah,
1: yeah. i jesus but it's i will say the titles on the sequel trilogy still can't stick with me they really blend together i don't yeah they're just like kind of picking like you know when you're in college and you have like those little magnet words that you put on the fridge and stuff and you make your stupid (laughs) little drunk passage like the last jedi like, yeah 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 um it kind of right. does
0: feel like that but at the same time it's like the one i actually dislike a lot is a new hope because i'm like that was never the title <laughs> <laughs> that, that title existed in like the it was like a was it a uh, vhs re-release prior to the special editions because the special editions definitely officially rebranded it
1: I don't even remember like the VHS that I had as a kid prior to the special editions. I do not remember it saying a new hope. Like I've known. Yeah, my... I
0: remember star Wars. That was yeah. the name of the movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know? it was. And like, uh, I, I think it was even in high school when I was just like, "What we're fucking calling this the new hope now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't have a note on this, but I did want to bring up, um, good star Wars parodies. Cause like star Wars is kind of too easy to parody at this point. Um, and I feel like I think this show is actually still going. But Robot Chicken, Robot Chicken mm-hmm. did what I thought was actually at the time a really effective kind of parody anthology episode of Star Wars. And I, I think there are ways to do a good parody of Star Wars because, like, I'm also thinking of like that completely putrid Family Guy trilogy. But then, like, right, right, right. Or I mean, uh, next week we're recording our peak episode on Mel Brooks, and like, because. I think there were a lot of kids, self-included, who saw Spaceballs before they saw Star Wars. But like you know, I
0: might be I might even be one of them.
1: Yeah. Um and I think like the good parodies of Star Wars are ones that get that get that Star Wars is, or at least the original Star Wars were fun for the whole family, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's like a a bounciness to them and almost like a self-aware tongue-in-cheek thing. Um I I really think that a bad parody of Star Wars is just like I don't know, I'm I'm trying I'm struggling to think of what a bad parody of Star Wars is besides that really bad family guy one but
0: Yeah, I don't really I I remembering a a good kind of early one. Maybe it peaked a little early. Uh Bill Murray doing the lounge act singing Star Wars oh and going yeah. like through the lot or whatever. I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I, that that always stuck with me.
1: I remember when I i guess I was in the fourth grade when um, when episode one came out. And also you knew that episode one was a big deal because my town's theater actually got it opening weekend because I grew up in a town with 8000 people and um, we had one movie theater with one screen. So everything we got was it would only run for one week and it would usually be like two to three months late. Like a lot of times it would already be out on on tape already. But for a big movie like Titanic or like Star Wars, it would come out the actual opening weekend. We were lined up around the block, but it was a few weeks before that that the Weird Owl uh American Pie parody oh, came right. out. The saga begins.
0: Yeah. That was and pretty good.
1: That was a cute one. I think, you know, if anything, I'm sure he regrets that he did that about like one of the less memorable movies, but it does give you a really good lowdown of of what this uh what this movie's about. So I, I think Weird is a treasure, and uh, I'm I'm actually kind of weirdly looking forward to the, that Daniel Radcliffe movie about him. I don't know.
0: Yeah, you know, you know, it's it's crazy enough, it might actually work. So I'm kind yeah. of excited too. We'll see what happens.
1: I uh, I am as well. All right. Well, so we've come to the lightning round. So Eric, uh, don't think too hard on this. Um, what is the most overrated Star Wars film or TV series?
0: whenever i say it people get mad at me uh but the clone wars and i say that with as someone who tries i've tried multiple times but i uh, there's something ugly about that animation to me even though i kind of liked rebels but i think that really puts it over the edge is um in that cartoon series is like Previously on, with every episode, and Anakin Skywalker is going to the, (laughs) and it's just like, shut the fuck up, man. I don't understand how people can smoke a bowl and chill out to that.
1: Uh, I so I liked the Clone Wars quite a bit. I think, like again,
0: it's a generational thing. Yes, you see, you're you're.
1: I'm a young. I'm I'm an
0: old man. You see,
1: and. And also Canadians are kind of mentally several years younger than Americans. It's just, it's all our no-till soil. Um, that, that,
0: the no-till soil, you don't you're, You don't have an American target on your back at all times.
1: <laughs> fucking Christ. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I think it came out when I was in middle school and I definitely got into a bit later because that's the other thing. In Canada, a lot of times we just kind of rerun the same American programming over and over, especially in that like 9 to 11 time slots. Um, sure. And I remember like getting to university and telling someone I liked the Clone Wars, and they're like, oh, so you're a nerd, nerd. And <laughs> I'm like, I, I guess. Um, for me, the most overrated, um, I will, and I know this will come across as a bit hypocritical, but um, Revenge of the Sith, mainly because I thought it was the best of the prequels, but some people act like that, like, I don't know. It's like they build it up so much. That they do. Is, they yeah. act
0: like it's on par with Empire or something, which yeah. actually my favorite is Star Wars. A little um. movie from
1: 1977. <laughs> well, so then what is the most underrated to you?
0: uh the most under i think solo i think it got a a bad rap for no reason and i think people should give it another chance and i what i love about solo too is it's not afraid to make shit weird like lady proxima this 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 creature that lives in a pit on carilia yeah. voiced by like linda hunt of all people i think that's genius and i i want i, I thought that movie went weird i know it wasn't perfect but there's a plenty i like about it uh Like the whole like crime syndicate stuff and uh, Paul Bettany as the villain. People will forget he's even in Star Wars and I thought he did a great job.
1: Yeah, Paul Bettany is a great villain. Um, So I, this might be a bit of a cheat to call it underrated because I don't think anyone would ever say it's bad, but I feel like Return of the Jedi has gotten a weird amount of smack over the years. Um,
0: I, I agree with you. I actually, I really like Return of the Jedi and maybe it's because I was young when I saw it, but I don't even. The the difference is like the the teddy bear element is almost tertiary and 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 just like table setting versus something like Jar Jar, which takes up the entire movie. It feels like.
1: Yeah, and like I thought it was a really great. a great conclusion uh, and also the teddy bear aspect of it you know what you know what i was when i saw it a child and like go. a little a little girl who liked dogs and teddy bears like but that, it
0: probably also yeah. has the best space battles of the original trilogy it it uh, might have the best lightsaber duel at the end it has quite a nice resolution we get to see vader be cooked up on a bonfire <laughs> and then it started off you know that's the thing is like people for you know if you focus on the ewoks or whatever like i don't like ewoks yeah, but do you like Jabba's Palace? Because that was the weirdest fucking shit. Yeah. Like it was, it, it, I, I think it's a good movie, but that's me. Yeah,
1: I I, um, I think it's a great movie. And I don't think anyone would argue that it's not a good movie, but the way people kind of regard it as this laughing stock, it's uh, maybe now people would be a little kinder to it because they know how absurd Star Wars can get. Um, so you're the master of the Gleep Glops. Eric, who's your favorite Gleep Glop? <laughs>
0: So, Gleep Glops, we, we describe as aliens in Star Wars. I think it was originally, we borrowed the term from a Mr. Show sketch. But <laughs> there's so many to choose from. I Everyone's a Gleep Glop, though, because it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I mean, growing up, I would probably say, like, Boba Fett. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, for a pure alien, though, let me think. Well, what was my favorite pure alien dude? Uh... um uh bosk is pretty awesome
1: i was thinking of bosk but i'm going to go for one that um kind of um kind of scared me as a kid and i oof i'm trying not to look up the name gartog um
0: Gartog, the pig
1: guard. Yeah, anything <laughs> yeah. that was kind of piggish scared the, me as a the kid.
0: Gormarian guards. The yeah, the
1: big old belly and uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah it anything... looks like a
0: podcaster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, some of us are some of us are runners with runners' physiques. Yeah, um, you're, I
0: thank you for describing my my uh, my fitness routine.
1: Everyone runs to or from something at some point. Um, <laughs> yeah, because like, even when I. Not a lot scared me as a kid because, um, as we've explored many times on this podcast, I was introduced to age-inappropriate material at a very young age. Like, I saw The Shining when I was eight, and I've been ruined ever since. But um, Jabba the Hutt really, really scared me as a kid. Really? Like, anything in the context of Jabba really scared me. I think there was... I don't know, maybe if I went back and looked at it through adult eyes, I would think it was really well, like stupid, but he no, was so I, menacing. It,
0: it was menacing. It was scary. It hit like a psychosexual relationship with Princess Leia. Like There yeah. was a lot going on in that movie. It's not just teddy bears.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's ugh. Return is so much better than everyone acts like. Um, okay. Yes. If you could have any auteur director be involved in a Star Wars project, be it TV or movie, who would it be?
0: Well, you know, just speaking of Return of the Jedi just now, I mean, it would have been interesting to see what David Lynch's version would have been because he was in discussions to direct it. Um,
1: right, right, right. Um, I don't know.
0: Even if you like he would never in a million years do it now. But if he did and you just made it crazy aliens, blah blah blah, it would have been it would be something. But I I guess I should come up with another person, too. eh?
1: Well, see, I think I'm borrowing your would've... term. eh? oh dear i don't even realize how much i say that but i do say it a lot um, <laughs> fuck. i
0: think i've just i like till i've been just consuming it to sound a little more folksy
1: it's uh, it's not terrible um wait i have to ask have you ever had a tim hortons coffee Is it, uh, it exists in the states doesn't it
0: i think i had maybe i had one outside of penn station and i was like whatever um i got an answer for you the safty brothers i think would be great
1: I feel like the Safty brothers just came up on another podcast, and I can't remember what it was. Oh yeah, it, it might was have like, been
0: ours because we were talking about a, a, a Ben Benny Safty was in Obi Wan.
1: Oh, no, we were like, I mean, it came up in like a, in a peak show lightning round or something. Ooh, my, but, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it was that if because we we were doing a Matt Stone and Trey Parker episode, and uh, Eric Peacock we asked if. Um, if they could be directed by anyone, like and be on screen again, God help us all. Who would like who would be a good director? I was like, I think the Safdie brothers have a good history of like working with homely men. Um, <laughs> no, I, and with with Lynch, what would have been cool in the alternate universe where Lynch directed. Um, were directed an early trilogy movie is that he could have possibly tanked the franchise and not led to Disney purchasing it. And I think that I, would have been beautiful.
0: <laughs> I guess. I mean, that it's it's hard even to even mean tanked it,
1: financially. I just mean make it into something Disney wouldn't want to touch.
0: Right. I mean, like if you turned in something like Dune 1984, which is what he directed instead. I mean, yeah, I mean that, that could have happened, but it would have been, ambitious and weird and interesting i guess um which we need more of and we need to Mm -hmm. have more risks and you know what sometimes you just have to throw like 150 200 million dollars in the garbage just (laughs) for the name of art you got I i just wish all pop culture was a little riskier a little more interesting a little more willing to bet on the strange
1: so it's funny you mentioned Dune 1984 which Dune 1984 was one of my early pandemic watches the kind of we have no long no idea how long this is going to last yeah. for like very uncomfortable all the time didn't didn't help um but it's it's <laughs> funny you pro- mentioned
0: yeah the problem with Dune is <laughs> it tries to do way too much like and like it's like you're building up this movie and then halfway through they're like okay now we're going to do all the books and like get right to the end
1: mm-hmm so because on that, I had initially said that my pick of an auteur director to do a Star Wars project would be Denis Villeneuve. Um, I think I really, I really like a lot of what he's done. Um, he would be great. Yeah. But if I, maybe it's like, he's definitely been on the brain lately because of, uh, Multiverse of Madness, but I think I'd love to see Raimi do something in the Star Wars universe, like Sam Raimi and monsters. And like, yeah. You know, like when we were talking about um, when when Mint was on the show and we were talking about uh, how apparently Fincher was supposed to direct one of those early Spider-Man movies. And I still can't picture Fincher doing a superhero movie at all, but like how what Raimi ended up doing with it and putting like so much of the Raimi spice into it. And I think like people with Multiverse of Madness are really. Really leaning hard on that. Oh, they let Sam Raimi be Sam Raimi. But, um, <laughs> right, right, right. For, for a few the scenes. fuck up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it would be fun to see Sam Raimi be Sam Raimi in, in space. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. I and, mean,
0: like like the Evil Dead f- is kind of a force. It'd be cool to see him use force power, like, you know, f- work in that world.
1: One of the things that I think Star Wars has lacked, even in some of its better recent things, and maybe this is why like that Dark Trooper scene wasn't as scary to me as it could have been, it's just lacked a weird sense of tension. And I've never been able to quite put my finger on why, if it's you know the score, or like I said, maybe, maybe it is the fact that everything's a fucking computer. But um, Raimi really is the master of tension and balancing tension with fun. And you're kind of like yeah. on this knife's edge all the time. And so I would love to see... Sam Raimi being a fucking That's weirdo in space.
0: A good call. Like I re—I recently rewatched *The Quick and the Dead*, and it's fucking great. Yeah. It, it is nonstop fun. Yet you're worried about the characters. Yet it's gruesome when it needs to be, mm. and it's got heart when it needs to be. It's it's if it's a borderline perfect movie, which is funny because a lot of people kind of knocked it when it when it was, you know, back in my day. B- a. B- <laughs>
1: Believe it or not, hashtag film Twitter, a movie can be more than one thing. Like Yeah. Well, film
0: Twitter. Oh God. I mean, like I I barely know anything about it. That's kind of the whole me doing quote tweets of Zapruder film on Twitter is trying to make fun of film Twitter because I I don't get the appeal.
1: It's a public service and I appreciate it so much. (laughs) You're welcome. Um so who's a random character actor that you would like to see pop up?
0: Eric Siska. <laughs> hasn't really acted much yet, not really professionally, but I think he's got uh, a really gleep gloppy face, so it'll be perfect.
1: <laughs> um, uh, I think I, I use him so much, but Jimmy Simpson is—he's one of those guys who like. Oh
0: yeah, he yeah, I I always like him when he shows up and things.
1: If, and it's funny because he's done so much good work, but to me, he'll always be a McPoyle brother. Um, there is also in in Toronto there is a Jimmy Simpson Park. Um, but it's, it's J-I-M-M-Y. So obviously it is another Jimmy because Jimmy Simpson, the actor is M-M-I, but I'm like, oh, okay. Like there's a Jimmy Simpson that is of relevance to Toronto. But again, I, I pass this park. I'm like, it's the McPoyle park, but even like, you know, he is very good at dark shit. Um, he is very, very unsettling. Um, and he's a weirdo and like star Wars has some great weirdos. It could use a few more.
0: Yep, um, me and Jimmy, Call i
1: i would have said like i i think maybe five years ago i would have said something like jonathan banks but then i feel like we got too much jonathan banks in this world um i mean i don't want to say you can't have too much but like there was a while like i remember he even popped up as a guest star in an episode of parks and rec and i'm just like we're just like is is he doing okay like does he need the money (laughs) like jonathan banks should not exist in the parks and rec universe
0: I've got a um, kind of a real answer for you it ties back into our spoof discussion is it be cool to see Steven Tobolowsky play oh. an Imperial officer, kind of a callback to him playing one in Spaceballs. Yes. Because he's the guy that's like, you idiots, you captured their stunt doubles.
1: <laughs> and, and you know, while we're at it, make a role for Rick, Rick Moranis. I, I think the guy could use Jerk. the work. Um, yeah. Okay. So besides Vader, who's your favorite bad guy?
0: Deharhan.
1: Deharhan He's the
0: bounty hunter that replaced his head with a big blaster cannon <laughs> and it's only in like like one dumb novel but deharhan
1: <laughs> I was wondering why I didn't he recognize that name and-
0: he put his brain in his chest cavity <laughs> so he can have a laser cannon for a head.
1: I see that is very Lynch. Um, no, I was gonna say like I I felt bad that I didn't recognize his name, and I was gonna try to make a, a Dane DeHaan joke because whatever <laughs> happened to that guy?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, another answer would be like someone. I I like the the imperial bureaucracy people, some like like Admiral Piet or or General Veers. It's just like what are the inner workings of those dudes? It's just like. I, you know, they're just like they're just doing their duties, I guess, and like <laughs> just I, following orders. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A familiar story.
1: Yeah. So my favorite bad guy besides Vader, I would actually say General Grievous. And I know, like, Clone Wars fan and stuff. I love the design of Grievous. I like his backstory. I think he's very menacing. Um, and I think he's a very active bad guy. The only gripe I have is because of the era in which he was introduced. Like first appearance, I think is like two thousand two, two thousand three ish. Yeah. Um, I I know it's a hot take. I want him to be a puppet. I I prefer a puppet. And it's like it
0: shouldn't be a, a a hot take at all because like you know the re, I guess I was going to say recently, but I guess ten years ago the Muppets had a resurgence, and Jim Henson's company worked on a lot of these fucking things, and it's less like. Puppets are fucking great. And I know I know Baby Yoda sometimes is, but like we need more of them.
1: You know, I'm I'm a little sick of Baby Yoda. I mean, I thought he was great. He you can't have Mando without him, but yeah, it's it's a little it's a little too much for me. Um it's just too cutesy poo.
0: But that that might be the only way we could have and that's the thing, is now it's gotten so Deviated from what that original uh, one or two episodes were when it first came out, yeah. but like a uh, 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 you know a uh, helmeted sort of silent bounty hunter, you got to pair him with something cute because he, he it's got to work for kick. all quadrants. But and and I I honestly don't mind it because it's like the teddy bears in Return of the Jedi, although it's way more upfront. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, if it can give us Pedro Pascal in the silver armor. Hopefully he keeps that helmet on. I know he won't. Yeah, I
1: agree. I
0: basically, you know, because I didn't want you know, I I, I didn't watch all of the Clone Wars TV show, even though I said it was the over, most overrated.
1: That's okay. That's it, you don't have to watch something just that you don't that's like. that's another
0: good tip for Star Wars fans. If you're really hating something, just like take a walk, man.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh Grievous I just knew is the coughing robot who got <laughs> shot in the heart and it was and it's just like, okay, so there's a robot. He wears a cape. I don't know. I guess he gets called. And he coughs. <laughs> but I know he's got that alien shit under him. Yes. It's almost like we needed, they needed to do more table dressing for General Grievous when they brought him out in, in episode two. We should, that, and that's another problem with those prequels because it's almost like, you know, it's almost just as bad to be like, hey, remember this? Look at this thing. This thing from that property. This-. Mm-hmm. It's almost as bad just to do like completely nothing and just move along without even developing character. You know, yep. just like, hey, it's General Grievous. It's, well, I don't know. It's a weird guy <laughs> by the action figure. Oh, there's another weird guy. Well, uh, and it's just like, or Count Dooku, which I think is great. I like Christopher Lee's wonderful, but like
1: take some fairly, time and fair. put
0: the effort in. I want to know about these people.
1: Well, and yeah, the thing is with, with properties like this, it's not like we're talking about a 90-minute art arthouse uh, movie. We're talking about a very overstuffed like, blockbuster. There was fat to trim from the prequels.
0: Yeah, probably. Like I did not know, like Jango Fett did not need to exist.
1: <laughs> Speaking of Jango Fett, you guys have done Grievous on the Gleep Glossary before, right?
0: We did. I believe we did. Let me see. And I probably said some disparaging things that I regret now. Let me see. Did I do Grievous? I don't remember
1: anymore. I mean, you guys do a lot of podcasts.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know, yeah. I mean, hell, I've been recording them all day. General Grievous, uh, yes, chapter 33 of the Gleep Glossary. We are now up to... 42 is about to come out on Davin Felth, which is the Luxor (laughs) Droids guy. And yes... He has a short story that I reread for the podcast. Um, so yeah, and then, and if, if that doesn't float your boat, there's also uh, chapter forty-one. George R. Binks, said, uh, "Jar Jar's father." We get down to yeah.
1: So I actually subscribed to that level of your guys' Patreon for my husband because I thought uh, he would love the glossary, and um, and he does. And does, does yeah, he? he does. But um, he's know he's uh, actually but, a bigger fan of the Nexus. Oh, really? okay, yeah. Nexus is great. too. We love the Nexus in this house.
0: Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we at Movies also does a, a Star Trek side show called The Nexus, where we review an episode of Star Trek, the original series, and an episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation in the same
1: episode. Awesome. So the following actors were also considered for the young adult Anakin Skywalker role. Jonathan Brandis, Devin Sawa, Topher Grace, Joshua Jackson, Ryan Felipe, Colin Hanks, Paul Walker, and Leo DiCaprio. So who would you have chosen for the role. Oh my God. Wait, Jonathan Brandis? That's according to the the IMDB.
0: Uh, I would choose him so that he would be alive today. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. and it, Cause I always, like, that's another thing about, it's the child actor thing. It's like yes. you get, you're basically ruined and you're on death's door from being a child actor. And he got a raw deal and I thought he was pretty good in Ladybugs <laughs> with Rodney Dangerfield to name one property. But because I feel like DiCaprio, maybe even too big at that time, you know. Oh, I agree.
1: Yeah, he was Paul Walker.
0: Maybe I think I think Paul, I think Brandis or Walker maybe would be my choice. You could
1: have saved two lives with that.
0: Yeah, I'm, maybe a force ghost will visit me tonight. <laughs> one of these fellas.
1: Wouldn't it be great if it were like a Christmas Carol, but you got visited by like the ghost of Darth Vader and Yoda and I Alec would love Guinness? It. I would adore
0: it. Suddenly I would like Christmas, which I'm not too big on.
1: See, I love Christmas because I'm like six inside. <laughs> um, so I think I would go with Devin Sawa. And I know it's kind of like a loser canadian thing. But I'm always like, oh, why did he kind of fizzle out? Like, I know he was a, a little bit more middle of the road in terms of his projects. I
0: think you just answered your own question as yeah. to why. Yeah.
1: But I mean, I think he's I think he's funny. I think he's great in the new Chucky series. Um, and he's done a lot of horror lately. He's on
0: the new Chucky, Chucky series? He
1: is, yeah. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's coming back for the new season. Uh, But yeah, like I feel like he had that kind of youthful every boy thing. Um, But he never (laughs) did like action really. Like the closest he came to action was Final Destination. Even Idle Hands was like a stoner comedy. But I I don't know. Like I feel like he had that cool darkness about him. So I I like it. I liked him. Maybe it's that he was never like a traditional heartthrob.
0: Wow, Devin Sawa, ugly. No. Says Peak Show.
1: No, he's a, he's a nice <laughs> nice Canadian. Okay, so I know the answer to this. Uh, Clone Wars or Mando, Eric?
0: Yeah, I'm a Mando man.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I feel silly even asking. I will actually say, as much as I've defended the Clone Wars a lot here, I will go with Mando as well. Like I said, I think Mando is just very well done. It is very cohesive. I love that score. It is very well cast, especially, you know, like you said, the first season, really, really good. Um, So, yeah, like Clone Wars is cool in terms of the mythology, but uh, I'll go with Mando overall.
0: Yeah, the second season starts to wear down a little bit. I should also add the caveat that uh, I'm just not a huge animation guy in general. It's kind of for me to sit down and watch an animated property that's not the Simpsons or something. it, 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 it It's a little, there, there's a barrier to cross. So, I mean, I'm just really not the target audience for clone wars. And guess what folks, that's okay. And I'm not going to send death threats to the actors over it.
1: Please don't send death threats to anyone on behalf of Peace show or <laughs> we hate movies. <laughs> Okay, so if you could have recast the young Luke Skywalker uh, for Mando and Boba Fett as an actual actor and not as a, a fucking uh, weird reconstructed ghoul, who would you have chosen?
0: I would go with an unknown. I mean, like if they did, you know, do like a massive uh, search across the country or gentle Canada for a uh, someone that could play it, because I, because. I, like you were saying about the force awakens and stuff like Daisy Ridley and people like that. It was just like, Whoa, Hey, you know, a star is born. It's kind of exciting to have an unknown that I'm not going to be like, Oh, I remember this guy from this and I really liked him in this. But in that interview, he said this
1: and it's just like
0: (laughs) a straight up unknown. I think would have been fun. Yeah.
1: Um, And so I will go with an established actor. And one of the actors actually from the uh, Anakin list um, which is Devin Sawa? No, actually. Um, <laughs> Topher Grace. When I look at really, when I look at him in his face, um, I don't know. Maybe he's like forty now. I guess, but and
0: he's got to be over forty.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm sure of it. I don't. I don't know how old people are fucking supposed to be anymore. But um, yeah, he was just, time is gone. He was just playing David Duke, so yeah, he's not a young man anymore. For, okay,
0: forty three. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that that can play like. You can play as young as thirty four, perhaps. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. But I, I find what it, what he does have is that really like wide eyed, kind of somewhat innocent look that that Hamill had. Um, so yeah, I I think in terms of just the boyish qualities of him, that's he would be a good fit. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, so who is your favorite like bit part, minor character, one liner weirdo? Not necessarily a gleepglop, but just a, a random ass weirdo.
0: Okay, I mean, honestly, Greedo, Greedo <laughs> is fucking cool. You, you I mean, the w- Star Wars, the first movie is great for many reasons. Also, because it's like it drops you in the action, and then suddenly you have this green alien that looks so otherworldly. You know, I guess especially for the time, and he's speaking a full-fledged language that it's subtitled, and Han Solo knows it enough to respond, and they're going back. And, I it. Honestly like I I love, you know, obviously when I was a kid I was attracted to the bounty hunters element and maybe this is part of that but it's just like that's a show stopping <laughs> performance from Greedo, you know.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, we didn't even talk about, like, with the remastering of the whole, like, who shot first, Hank or... Uh, Honor- Hank? Yeah, Honor yeah, yeah. Credo. <laughs>
0: yeah. Did Hank kill
1: much- fire first? <laughs> or did Hank Schrader fire first? Um, too much Hank in my life. Um, so I would say, um, in terms of just the I- iconicness, iconography of it all, Cornelius um so ugly... Um and kind of that's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like
0: the now for people who aren't aren't Star Wars super fans, I don't even that's think that's the guy that's
1: I don't even think you, that's that much of a super fan thing because everyone knows that line that he doesn't like you. Like um Yeah,
0: well you gotta do the lines so people know. Like yeah, I've got the death on sentence 12 on twelve systems. systems.
1: Yeah. Um I but like when you look back, cause everyone remembers that line, I don't think everyone remembers how fucked up his face is and how like yeah because and again it's cool. that I feel my, like my little... man's
0: looking like a podcaster.
1: <laughs> you are so mean to podcasters. Eric you you guys yeah. all have a face for video Radio. podcasting <laughs>
0: oh, live streaming. That's
1: nice. Um but, like you wouldn't see a character design like that anymore, I find, because that's something that is very much a practical effects thing. It like the he just yeah. kind of looks like someone took a, a face and said, Okay, now smash it up like a bunch of fucking hamburger. Um, and <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, okay, so now we have come to the peak, and it's hard because we're you know, we've got three we're, we're talking about Star Wars three times this month, people. And I, I hope I am not as sick of it as I was of The Simpsons when we. But uh, so um, I guess peaks mean different things to different people. It can mean the quality peak. It can mean when you were most into it or like just what is, what is peak Star Wars for you?
0: Well, I mean, I guess if we're talking quality, cultural impact, I mean, 1983, I guess was the peak with Return of the Jedi. Um, But for me personally, the peak was like I talked about as being a, a young strapping lad finding uh <laughs> judging a book by its cover and kind of starting to get into the EU and like the, in the mid to late nineties, you know, you got your Weezer on your disc man and you're <sighs> le- reading about Boba Fett and dahar although he might've been a little later. Um, but I mean that awokened a bigger world, uh, within me that I needed at the time, just because I, you know, grew up in kind of a rural area, not a lot going on. Like you, um, we had a one one screen movie theater we awesome. have to drive further to get to the like the, a multiplex the, the, kind of thing yeah, yeah yeah that was like a 30 40 minute drive or so and it was like an event to go to there um but you know the the one screen movie house did serve me well as a kid like like you i Saw everything I shouldn't have. I actually saw Pulp Fiction in the theater in 1994. I saw Terminator 2 in the theater in 92 when I was oh. like, what, eight, nine years old? Uh, my, my parents didn't care. That's terrible. Which was great for, for me.
1: You, you said you have an older brother, so you're a youngest child
0: yeah okay. no i have only one brother he's older he's three years older the, so,
1: yeah. yeah it's part of it is that you're exposed to the the shit that your older siblings watch and part of it is also that your parents just do not fucking care about parenting you anymore like i'm oh yeah not at all i'm the youngest of yeah, three no, and like that was tv yeah i i think i was like watching snl like in the first grade and stuff like it, I mean, I don't know if I was even able to stay up that late, but like, it's just, and it wasn't that my parents were very progressive or anything. They were just like, yes, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> they were just bad. They were just bad parents. No, I mean, I love them so much, but I'm pretty sure they were like D plus parents at best.
0: Um, but but honestly, I think like, you know, this is again old man talk. is like I'm watching late night TV. Is that wor- worse for a child or what, going to a an rated movie? Is that worse for a child than going through TikTok all day? I, I don't know.
1: Well, and also I was in middle school when the Forever Wars started and that was all we saw on TV. And so it's like, star wars star wars is great because it was a pretend war like
0: that's (laughs)
1: that's a little bit
0: no it's not it's actually very serious and i'm going to stab everyone involved in the movie if it doesn't end the way i wanted
1: oh jesus christ um (laughs) i think for me i would also put the peak of star wars in kind of the late 90s mainly because like i think the one thing about like and whether or not you want to kind of Rewrite the history of the way we all perceive the prequels because people have done that lately. They're like, oh, they're not really bad. Like,
0: yeah, um, it's like, come, just come on.
1: Is what the prequels? Not every
0: movie's a secret masterpiece.
1: Yeah, it's. People have been doing that with Avatar lately as well. And like, because like, yeah, everyone's excited for that sequel to come out. And it's like, um, everything, Avatar is actually really underrated. No, it's not. It's just fine. It is fine. We are (laughs) incapable of saying something
0: is fine. And it's, oh, you know what? Fine movies are great. Yeah. I love fine movies. We need more fine movies.
1: Yeah, I fully agree with you there. Um, So, but I think like Phantom Menace was the sheen coming off and before that we really and like i say this I, a kid at the time we thought there was no such thing as a bad star wars movie and the the palpable excitement of star wars coming coming to theaters and like the way that merchandising machine was working overtime i still remember like I want, we didn't have a Taco Bell in town, but like I wanted so badly to go to Taco Bell so I could get like the limited edition cups and
0: Collector stuff. Collector cup. Oh my yeah. God. Like, cause,
1: and I don't know if fast food still does that anymore. Do they? Like, I mean.
0: I don't think so. I think, you know, I, I think I was positing this to the guys on our Obi-Wan recap show is just like, there was no, there was no tie in for Obi-Wan. You, <laughs> you know, I feel like if it came out you know 20 years ago you could go to taco bell and get a baja blast obi-wan kenobi glass
1: i also think like there's some there's something really hilarious to me about the idea of a 10 year old just like oh boy a new and mcgregor cop like yeah oh boy a well, liam neeson cop like
0: <laughs> it's exciting it's got a picture of something i like yeah on it.
1: now it, i i am sure there are adults out there who haven't seen star wars i think my sister might be one of them um
0: that's insane to me
1: actually no her son is almost 6 so i'm sure she sat through like mando or something with him yeah. but um i'm any every couple of years you meet one of those like adults who are like i've never seen star wars
0: they're very proud of it it's like and i <sighs> guess they don't even own a tv oh
1: for fuck's sakes. Um, <laughs> and it's like, l- listen,
0: I love being as granola as the next person. I love, you know, hiking or, you know, do- tons of stuff that's away from screens. And they're not the most important thing in life. No, but to act smug about It's just insulting. Like, I, even those people that say they don't see Star Wars, I mean, They've got to see something. They've probably seen an MCU movie. Yeah,
1: and Eric. On that note, I will say that your hiking content on Instagram is usually the most calming content. Really? Yeah. Do you,
0: do, uh, you know, actually, I only do like one fifth of what I actually do, just because I feel like I'm ge- I'm annoying with it or something.
1: Oh no! Like I don't know. I I um. If if I were better at holding my phone when I ran, I would love to like document like the trails that I run through and stuff. Like it's yeah. it's very it's calming. Cool. Um,
0: I love I love nature.
1: Nature is great, but so yeah. If you were to meet one of those naturey weirdos who's never seen stars and have to recommend three Star Wars properties as a way in,
0: I would punch him in the gut. Yes, uh, that's my first thing. I but love I guess violence. the the now is the <laughs> is it is it. Uh, So I guess it would be just the original trilogy or is that one piece of
1: would I would count count each movie. Okay, here's my whack-ass Canadian math. I would count one movie as one property, but one series because these series are so short as a property.
0: Well then, I, I the series are so short. I guess I would say the OT then, or or did you mean that as a series?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess if you're if you three that you're recommending that are are episodes Star Wars 46. Empire Strikes Back and Return yeah. the
0: Jedi, and if I guess you went beyond that, uh I mean, I guess Solo, Rogue One, or honestly Mando, Mando season one, maybe the OT and Mando season one, something like that.
1: I would um, do. Episodes four and five, uh, Star Wars and Empire. I would, however, uh, say start with Rogue One because Rogue One is a rip roaring good yeah. time. Uh, it provides some background info, but also it's you know we're getting uh, we're getting away from those characters we know and love. We're we're breathing a little bit. We're expanding and stretching our legs, and I like
0: it's that. a beautiful movie too. I love Scarif, just the <laughs> beach and everything. Yeah. It's nice to see change it up.
1: Yeah, some of the, like again not to. Not to shit too much on the prequels, but I found like the prequels had uh, a bit of an ugliness to them. And I think when when Star Wars is at its best is when I am like just looking around like and feeling like I'm seven the years grander. old again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are moments that made me feel seven years old. I, I would say the most like beautiful part of the prequels... Um, I don't know what the most beautiful part of the prequels is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I guess, you know what? Uh, I guess I'll say for most beautiful part of the prequels, I guess maybe the duel of the faiths thing, because mm-hmm. the music, the like, despite not liking the prequels as much as some people, the music rips and uh, it's an interesting fight. And my God, I just wish Darth Maul would have just been dead. Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand yeah. this new trend Not new trend I guess I mean it started with the Clone Wars cartoon Maybe this is also why I don't like the Clone Wars Because it's just like Someone's cut in half with a lightsaber And it's like yeah he's fine He's walking around Yeah okay he's, his dick's gone and he's got spider legs But then you then And now it's continued into Obi-Wan Kenobi spoiler alert, you know, skip five seconds or whatever. Oh, this is coming out in August.
1: So I think by one month out, everyone's on their fucking own like
0: <laughs> you know like Riva, the inquisitor and the grand inquisitor all these people being stabbed by lightsabers and they're just like oof yeah i'll just walk that off
1: <laughs> you know what this is making me think of um and i know this is a movie i enjoyed at the time that everyone kind of forgot about but walk hard and the line yeah, uh it's good this was a particularly bad case of getting cut in half <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah. oh God, oh. I, I think I need to go back and watch that one. Oh, okay. That is another random character actor I'd like to see pop up in Star Wars is Margot Martindale. Um, yeah. And,
0: and John C. Riley.
1: God, he's, he's on that <laughs> basketball show now though. Right. And he's like, yeah,
0: I, I haven't seen it actually.
1: But you know what? My other random favorite uh, three named character actor, John Carroll Lynch, man, Um yeah yeah I'd, he always does such kind of grounded in reality roles that i would like to see him uh you know i i want to see him as a very because he's a very hulking gentleman um yeah
0: you know another character actor i'd love to see john wilkes booth <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, they could
0: cgi him make him a hologram like peter cushing
1: who played john wilkes didn't james marsden play john wilkes booth in a random little movie part or something
0: well, I can tell you right off the bat that Raoul Walsh, an old-timey Hollywood director, played <laughs> played him in uh, Birth of a Nation. I believe.
1: Um, I am. Uh, I don't think this is a real hipster thing to say. I haven't seen Birth of a Nation. Um, well,
0: uh, it's it, you know the thing is like. Here's the I'm thing, sure they is make like people watch like
1: film history courses and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. I've seen Birth of a Nation at least once, and I've also, you know, I've seen Triumph of the Will and all those movies. There are de- definitely intriguing aspects in terms of just like technical proficiency for like 1915 that I think are important. But other than that, of course, the content is kind of abhorrent.
1: Uh, coming in off the news ticker, James Marsden played uh, John Wilkes Booth in Zoolander. <laughs> perfect (laughs) (laughs) okay so how big to you is the gap between the best of star wars and the worst of star wars and like the way we've kind of done it a lot is like when we did our adam sandler show it was like if um if uncut gems is a plus like jack and jill is his f or whatever like what's kind of that gap for you
0: i think i mean i think sometimes it's a pretty big gap um so what, you're saying like A-plus is the best Star Wars. What is the worst? Like Yeah, we, well, well, and I, even- I rank it in like a letter grade. I mean, I've, Attack of the Clones is an F-plus, I guess. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's, it's interesting because even- I have not, for the most part, given a lot of like Fs. Like even with something like Matt Stone and Trey Parker, which I found, you know, some of their worst stuff quite objectionable, I would say like at best or at worst, like aside just- you know, leaving out all the wildly transphobic shit, like C minus maybe is kind of them at their worst. And that's, you know, their season two of South Park, which just categorically sucked. Um, like with Star Wars, I do think there is some stuff at that F level. I really, for me, the bottoming <laughs> out is the Phantom Menace. Um, actually, no, it's not the Phantom Menace. It's Attack of the Clones. Um,
0: yeah, because that, that middle one, what is even in that? Like, I feel like a lot of people... I guess Grievous is in that. Yep. Is he in that one, or is that's he? That's okay. when he premieres. So maybe yeah. that's why people don't rate it as low as Attack, uh, as the Phantom Menace, rather. But Attack of the Clones, I find to be quite incomprehensible, and it's just like, what is going on? It's convoluted. It's overstuffed. It's ugly. You get that, like C three PO's head on, it, like getting into hijinks, putting on being put onto a battle droid, and it's just like. Can we please just end the movie? Mm.
1: And I would, I would say that, like, I know it's harsh for me to say, like, this is kind of my F grade, but like, it is. I don't think there's much redeemable about it. You could, like, kind of wipe that off of film history, like Eternal Sunshine, it from my mind, and my my life is no better or worse, you know. Um, right. But whereas, like, the A plus, it and I, I don't want to say nothing has come close to the A plus level since the original trilogy. Um, I think like the closest we do get is um Rise of Skywalker. Um or fuck, Force Awakens. The Jesus yeah, Rise of
0: Skywalker is the one, no, that the one, that, one that, yeah, the the one that's the fan service he won the third that one. So, yeah, might the Force be Awakens. Almost yeah, F okay.
1: level. Almost F level.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely yeah. the quality cliff like peak fucking show, horses in, in space
1: like yeah.
0: <laughs> there are so many valleys <laughs> with Star Wars, which is why I said when Disney acquired it like Sure, what the hell? Make as many movies as you want because it's like my rationale with it sometimes is there's so much Star Trek, mm-hmm. right? There's thousands of hours of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why that's fine. And then everyone gets so pissed off that they keep making Star Wars stuff. Yes, can it can be tedious over a while. Sure. But if we keep making it, maybe it'll balance out some of the fucking shit. And I know you're gonna make shit while you make the good <laughs> stuff. And that's just the nature of making the sausage. But I I, you, I guess I'm fine with it. I guess I'm fine with them continuing to make Star Wars because I love how I'm just going back and forth on my own opinion. No, I and being but this is a part of this is an enigma of being a Star Wars fan, is you you hate it and you love it, I guess. You
1: do, and I, I completely I don't agree with the people who like, you know, don't want there to be more Star Wars. I I completely understand where it comes from because it's like, oh no, what if this thing I love gets shitty? And what if I have to admit that this thing I grew up with as a huge part of my identity is a fucking fraud? Well, (laughs) the good news is the movies you watch are not your personality. Like, you know?
0: Exactly. And learning that is good character development and... You should know better by now, and that's and that's the thing. Is I said said earlier, would love to take a break from Star Wars. Yes, yes. If we could just do like a year between properties, because you know we waited forever for the prequels, we waited forever for everything after that. Do, do I need something every single multiple times a year? Maybe not. Maybe that is too much. But I'm not against them continuing.
1: Yeah. So I um. And, you know, you mentioned there's so much there's so much Star Trek out there. And part of that, that's part of the reason why I was so relieved when like no one wanted us to do Star Trek for um, Super (laughs) Month, because there's so much out there. And at least with Star Wars, it does feel um, more cohesive, even though I think generally Star Trek puts out. More, much more consistently high-quality stuff than Star Wars.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah,
1: but it's a lot to follow. And Star Star Trek is, at times, a much heavier watch. Like, unless you're watching TOS, it is a heavier watch than Star Which Wars. Which is
0: my, f- my favorite <laughs> Star Trek.
1: I, uh... I... It is... I'm... I'm a basic bitch. I am a TNG loyalist. Um,
0: that, that's, you know what? I'm totally the, fine with that. The millennials TNG's love TNG.
1: Um,
0: they do. They do. But I'm, you know, I'm an old soul.
1: But see, I, I got into other series because I had a big crush on Jerry Ryan when I was like 11. Er, I had a
0: big crush on William
1: Shatner. <laughs> no, not him. Um, <laughs>
0: he's a Canadian.
1: Yeah. He's from Montreal. Um,
0: uh, whoa, uh, oh. weren't you just rapping uh, uh, <laughs> The Brooklyn 9 uh,
1: That I don't think that's set. I think that's set in Quebec City. Um Oh okay yeah.
0: is there there's a, there's a difference. Well
1: Montreal is uh the more I've, metropolitan and more anglophone uh city. That yeah. that's
0: the only place in Canada I've been. I've been to Montreal like two or three times and I've never been anywhere else.
1: I'm not saying this in a condescending way. I love the way Americans say Montreal, the way you say like Montreal. It's so cute. Like it's
0: What what do you Wait wait what's It's you almost say?
1: like a UN like Montreal. Like Mon, mon Montreal. Like, well, yeah, you guys do that that's really long said, like Montreal. Right? And it's like Montreal. Mm-hmm. Although like my my father's francophone, so you say like Montreal, but yeah. Um,
0: you know, no. We, I'm next time I go there, I'm gonna be like, yeah, we're gonna go up there and hike, hike up uh, Mount Royal, all right?
1: <laughs> well, there are a lot of anglophone parts of Montreal, so you'll be fine. But, um, uh, so yeah, I guess we've holy shit, we've come to our conclusion. So Eric. Tell us where we can follow you on Twitter and also tell us how we can how all these lovely fans here can listen to We Hate Movies, support you guys, what you guys got going on uh for August.
0: <laughs> for August, yes. Now we are, we've been posting a, a bunch of live episodes uh on our main feed right now because it is August and boy, it's the dog days of summer. And the dog days of summer, you know uh, what movie I like to throw on is RoboCop. We're doing a RoboCop We Love Movies in August. You can find it on patreon.com slash we hate movies. But yes, you could follow me personally on Twitter, which, by the way, that is all that matters because followers is the new currency. I agree. Uh, you could follow me at E R I C S Z Y S Z K A. Yes, there's two S Zs, two, you know, there's an S S Z Z. In that last name, it is complex and distinctly not Quebecois.
1: Um, uh, last time I was hanging out with Americans, which was quite a while ago because of the pandemic, I got really roasted for saying Zed um, and uh, it's still weird. Like I, I was really expecting you to say like it's S Z. I'm like, oh right, they say Z. So
0: Z, so Z is um, when you say Z to me. My, the only thing I think of is oh, the the uh, police character in Pulp Fiction that has the <laughs> yeah. gimp.
1: Yeah. Um, well,
0: so that's just a that's just how you say Z. Yeah. Always has been. You don't. So Z is not a word up there. Not not a, like a pronunciation whatsoever. You know,
1: I think if someone said that they were going to like take a nap they they wouldn't say i'm gonna go catch some zeds they'd say i'm gonna go catch some z's so um, okay
0: that's the american television influence me
1: yeah or like (laughs) i have i have a zz plant in my uh in my living room i don't think i'd call it a zz plant so you know we we there's a little bit of cultural appropriation of your letters there Mm. um
0: well you know i learned so much today canada is rich with cultural nuance.
1: And no-till farming. Uh, So as for me, I've been your host, Brie Rohde, and uh, we're coming close to the end of Peak Show Season 2. We're finishing off uh the super month we've got a few more episodes on star wars coming up god help us all and then i am fucking off for a couple months uh thank you so much to eric for coming here and talking star wars with me you can follow
0: thank you for having me well thank
1: you eric uh you can follow me on twitter at prune underscore underscore tracy you can also follow this podcast peak show at peak show pod on twitter don't forget to rate and review us on spotify as well as apple Podcasts. give us five stars or go to hell special thanks to jared Daly for our show logo and all of its art and thank you for jack dump for composing our original theme music and thank you for listening i've been brie Roadie and remember you can't stop the change any more than you can stop the suns from setting